Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, well, well. Look where the road has led us to now. What a great day we've had. Welcome in, everybody. The Traveling Radio Show continues. How fun is this? We're coming to you live from the JFK Bar, downtown Anaconda, Montana. And we're so happy to be here. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We'll be riding with you from 4 to 6 here on ESPN Radio, on statewide television, all the way around the great Treasure State, as well as on the ESPN MT app. If you're in and around southwest Montana... Come on down here. JFK Bar is uh, 823 East Park Avenue. It's on the corner of Park and Washington. You can't miss it. You're just driving up the main drag, and here it is, right on the right-hand side. And uh, happy to be here, happy to uh, be representing for one of the great small sports towns in the state of Montana. They love their sports here in Anaconda. We're so happy to be broadcasting from here. Thanks to the folks to help get us here. Of course, Blake Hempstead, one of my great friends, great friend of this show, and uh, one of the contributing photographers and content guys at SkylineSportsMT.com. He also runs Copperhead Country, uh, which is a great place to follow along with Anaconda and other Southwest Montana sports. And he also owns Anode Designs, which is a print shop here uh, in Anaconda. They're one of our presenting sponsors for this broadcast. Also got to say thanks to the people down here at JFK, uh, especially Debbie. Debbie Donhauer Hess, she is a real estate agent around these parts as well as the owner of this bar. And uh, we're so happy that they invited us to come over here. It's funny because Highway 1 has been getting a lot of love here the last uh, couple weeks. In October, after a Grizz game, Riley Wilson, who's a linebacker for the Grizz from Texas, he dropped the Highway 1 nickname for a couple of the guys that play for the University of Montana. Braxton Hill, who is a proud Montana and Anaconda native, as well as Jackson Lee, whose mother hails from Anaconda, but he's actually from uh, Phillipsburg, went to Flint Creek High School there, the co-op between um, between Phillipsburg and Drummond. 
Riley Wilson dubbed them. Get your local bartender. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we got a shout out to the local bartender Jay here too at the JFK. He came over and said, "You got to, got to give him some love." So, anyways, Riley Wilson coined these guys an awesome nickname, the Highway One Boys, because Highway One is the highway that runs. If you get off in Drummond, Highway One runs through Phillipsburg and then back along the Pitler Highway all the way until you get here to Anaconda. It's been years and years and years since I drove this highway. So I figured, hey, because we've been talking about the Highway 1, boys, because we're on our way to Anaconda to talk about one of the great sports towns in this state, I said, let's go the back way. It's only about 20 minutes longer than if you take I-90 uh, to the Opportunity Exit. So we, we drove the Highway 1 today. Gorgeous, man. I can't believe it. It's crazy that it's still in the, in the mid-50s here as we are in-state championship week. It's rivalry week, and the weather is still so beautiful. It's a sunshiny day here in southwest Montana, and Highway 1 was epic. So if you have never driven this highway, you got to do it. It, it, is, it is unbelievably picturesque and beautiful. I mean, it's quintessential Montana. You see the cattle ranches and the sheep farm and and all sorts of great stuff. And then, boom, you pop out and the majestic pintlers in the background. And then you climb the hill and then, boom, Echo Lake is right there. And then you come back down in and get into the heart of Anaconda, Montana. And uh, So what a fun day it is. And uh, it was fun showing Andrew uh, the highway as well. Andrew Houghton riding shotgun with me uh, here. He'll be on the show with us on the second hour, but he, he came here with me to get the Highway 1 experience, to get the Anaconda experience. So happy to be here with him. Today, we got a jam-packed show for you like we always do. We're going to talk some FCS football on the national landscape. Our go-to guy, Sam Herter, Hero Sports, will join us right off the top to, to break down all the various different playoff scenarios, particularly when it comes to the seating. We go all the way around the country, not just the, the rivalry game between Montana and Montana State, but we also go... Uh, all the way across the landscape to see who's still in the mix for seeds and all that. So that's coming up. Recorded with Sam uh, a little bit earlier today. So stay tuned for that. We also have a couple captains from the Montana State side of things. Nolan Askelson and Sean Chambers will join us as part of our Montana State Minute. Mentioned Blake Hempstead. He's an aficionado when it comes to small high school football in Montana. He really, really knows Class A and Class B from all his time covering um, sports in this neck of the woods between his time at the Montana Standard and the Anaconda Leader, uh, and then working at the radio station here in Anaconda, and then for the last handful of years, running run CopperheadCountry.org. He follows the small school stuff as well as anybody. So he'll come on and give us uh, some insight on the high school football championships that are coming up here a little later on this week. And then hour number two, Andrew Houghton will chime in, Blake Hempstead will chime in, and we also have another special guest and a guy that uh, has joined us now at Skyline Sports, which has been uh, a great honor of mine, and I'm so proud of him for all the, the work he's done here the last month or so. And again, it's a familiar face, familiar name on this show and in this rivalry as well. Samuel Kim will join us as well. Uh, so happy for all those guests to be here and uh, happy to be riding along here. Uh, in Anaconda, Montana. Of course, we got to say thanks to the main man, Tommy Evans. He's back there in Missoula. He is engineering the show, producing the show. So that means Tommy's on the gears when it comes to the uh, playlist for the show today. Can't wait to see what DJ Tommy Man uh, has in store for us. Again, JFK Bar here, the corner of uh, Park and Washington here in uh, Anaconda, Montana. they got pool, shuffleboard. they got a sports bet Montana kiosk because, of course, they do, and uh, all sorts of other good stuff. If you're in and around the area on Saturday, you want a great place to watch the uh, rivalry game with Montana State playing at Montana, swing in here. This will be a fun place uh, to watch. Again, got to say thanks to Debbie and her crew for setting us up. Uh, Debbie Danhauer-Hess also 
uh, one of the premier real estate agents in Southwest Montana. Southwest Montana real estate specialist uh, located in Phillipsburg, Montana. Dan Allen Real Estate is your local expert for the sales of homes, ranches, land and commercial properties in Phillipsburg, Georgetown Lake, Anaconda, Drummond, and Deer Lodge. We saw all that country today. Man, if I didn't just buy a house in Missoula, I'd be saving, and I, maybe I already am saving up my money to come get a little piece of land out here because it was epically, epically gorgeous and uh, what a fun place to live. So there you go. That's what's coming up in the show today. We also, of course, like we do every Wednesday, we got some free wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's a Wing of Wednesday presented by the Despo. Uh, so stay tuned for that about 40 minutes from now. We give you an opportunity uh, to chime in and win some wings from the Despo. And of course, as always, if you want to stream the show, you can. 1029ESPN.com or by downloading the ESPN MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us all show long from the Rangage Brothers RV phone line, which is where we go right now. Well, we are coming to you live from one of the great small towns in all of Montana, Anaconda, Montana, kind enough to host us here during this state championship week and this rivalry week. There's a whole bunch of guys uh, involved in the uh, the fiercest rivalry in the West that will play out on Saturday in Missoula. And so they invited us on over, so here we are. But as we speak right now, we're actually recording this before we beat feet over uh, on the highway to Anaconda. we got to tell you that now. we got to tell you when we're playing the pre-recorded stuff. It's all FCC stuff. But a familiar face, familiar guest, the guy who helps us lead every Wednesday show here on Nuanas Now, it's Sam Herter from Hero Sports uh, joining us. And Sam, we'll get into, of course, the, the Big Sky Conference and, of course, the uh, Montana Montana State rivalry game. Well, let's talk about the rest of the country. I've asked you the same question to lead this, I think, three weeks in a row now. But how many teams do we think still are alive for those the, those eight playoff seeds? And, and what what are some of the main matchups you'll be watching now on, finally, here, the final game of the regular season across the FCS? Yeah, I think right now um, there are, you know, maybe 12 teams battling for those eight seeds that I won't be shocked if, if any one of these uh, 12 teams um, you know, ends up uh, getting a seed. I think, you know, in my opinion, you have South Dakota State and South Dakota. Those those are going to be locks to be a playoff seed. Furman's going to be a lock to be a playoff seed. I think Montana and Montana State, no matter what the what the what the result happens uh, this weekend, they're going to be a playoff seed. Um, you know, I I think Delaware, the winner of the Delaware Villanova game, uh, that's going to be a playoff seed. I still think Idaho, even after that questionable loss last week, the Vandals, if they handle business this week, they're going to be a playoff seed. So I believe that's seven right there. Who gets that eight spot? It could be UAlbany, who could be 9-1 and one versus the FCS. Um, it could be NDSU. Uh, if they beat Northern Iowa, they would be 8-3 and three with two ranked wins. It could be potentially Austin P, who potentially ends the season on a nine-game winning streak. And it could be Sac State. Um, Sac State has an interesting resume because they won't have any ranked wins, but they do have the FCS's only Power 5 win uh, over Stanford, and so Sac State could be in that mix. Um, but right now, like I said, I, I think there's seven teams, unless chaos happens, seven teams that you can probably pencil in to be in seeds, and then there's four-ish teams battling for that number eight seed. And, of course, a lot of this comes down to you know the, the predicted results happening what if Idaho lost to Idaho State? That would absolutely knock the Vandals out of a seed, right? It would, yeah. They would still be in the playoffs, you know, at seven and four. For sure. They'll have a few ranked wins, FBS win, but yeah, they would they would be sliding into the playoffs, but they would certainly be in the postseason, just not uh, in the seed and have a first round bye. 
And for Sac State, it, it, I think that they're probably in win or lose over UC Davis, but you, you still think that they could play their way into a seed. You do think the Stanford win would, would carry enough. That, that I mean, would, there, would other stuff have to happen? Would other teams have to lose for them to get like the seven or the eight if they were to beat UC Davis? Yeah, they would need some help. Um, you know, the NDSU losing at Northern Iowa, uh, which I think you know, I, I'm, proje- I'm projecting uh, the Bison to lose uh, at Northern Iowa. That would help Sac State. You know, Austin P losing to Central Arkansas. Uh, that game is for the United Athletic Conference auto bid. Uh, so Austin P losing, that would help Sac State. Um, you know, there, there are those t- a scenario where there are two CAA teams ranked or seeded. Um, like I said, I think the Delaware Villanova winner um, is going to be a seed, and then New Albany is kind of hanging out there too at nine and one versus the FCS. But if, I mean, New Albany, they're probably not going to lose this weekend. But if they get upset, uh, that that certainly would help Sac State. But it's just like I said, it's 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 an interesting resume for Sac State because none of their FCS wins really move the needle. You know, beating UC Davis will be a good win, but UC Davis isn't ranked. They're really just holding on to that Power Five win, and, and that potentially could be enough. But they'll need some help. Sam Herder joining us here on Sports and Bet MGM. It's Now, ESPN Radio, coming to you live from the JFK Bar in Anaconda. Come on down and see us. If you're tuning in, you're listening on the ESPN MT app, or you're streaming, or you're watching on SWX Montana Television, you're in around Southwest Montana, come hang out with us. We'll be hanging out until uh, probably a little after the show, but we'll be here all, all the way until 6 for sure, broadcasting live, and uh, probably be hanging out until about 7 as well. So uh, if you're in and around the area, uh, come say hello. One more thing before we get into some pretty big sky heavy stuff. Tell me more about you, Albany. I remember when they first sort of broke in and they made the playoffs for the first time uh, when uh, and they had to come to Bozeman. That was when Jeff Choate was still the coach there. They had a great quarterback, David David Undercuffler, I think was his maybe Jeff Undercuffler, but uh, the Undercuffler yep. kid was a good one. Um, but now here they are, and they're, they've uh, certainly been a program on the rise. What has gone into that, to, and what do you think of just uh, their sort of presence as a potential baby rising East Coast uh, power? Yeah, so you, Albany, uh, you mentioned Jeff Undercuffler. Um, he's he's since uh, moved on to the, the FBS. I can't remember where, but he transferred to the FBS. And I'm not surprised. Really he was really good. Yeah, yeah, but you know, surprisingly, he kind of he's kind of struggled. I think he went to the Mac somewhere, but he's kind of struggled. You know, whatever yeah. school uh, he went to. But they they have a guy named Reese Poffenbarger, um, who's that quarterback now. He was one of the better freshman quarterbacks last year. Um, he's, so he's a sophomore this year, so still still pretty young. But I really like him. Um, I think he has a really good arm. Um, I think when he can step into into some throws, you know, he he can really launch it. Like you know, not a lot of quarterbacks can. Uh, but I really like you um, Albany in their front seven. I think they play a really stout. Uh, defensively, especially against the run. I mean, they have a linebacker named Dylan Kelly. He's already had 135 tackles. Uh, they have two defensive linemen, uh, Simon um, and uh, AJ Simon and Anton Junkaj. Uh They're both over 15 uh, tackles for loss. And so, you Albany does a really good job of of uh, finding kind of diamonds in the rough along the defensive line um, and, and developing them. You know, there's a guy right now named Jared Verse who plays for Florida State. He's potentially a top 10 NFL draft pick. Well, no one recruited him out of high school except for UAlbany, and he went to UAlbany. He absolutely lit it up, and then after a couple of years, he transfers to Florida State. And you know, that's kind of how the transfer portal works these days. But UAlbany always has talent. They they're more of a uh, tough nosed group. They're not you know a finesse group or anything like that. And so uh, they played well this year, and I think they could. Um, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to na- uh, win a national title or anything, but I do think they play the style of ball that can win them one or two games in the postseason bracket. 
For sure. I remember getting to know their coach a little bit, Greg Catuso, and I, I loved him. I mean, he's he is so East Coast. He's a Penn State guy, and, you know, that's kind of like what they are. They're kind of like a Penn State light from like a throwbacks 1990s version of Penn State. I always remembered them being like that. I'm glad to see that they've continued that. That's pretty cool. Sam Herter, Hero Sports here uh, on Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. All right, how about just the Missouri Valley? I mean, you, you mentioned that, of course, South Dakota State is the one seed in, unless they were to stub their toe. That's almost certainly not going to happen. South Dakota is almost certainly going to get a seed as well. What else is there to play for? Just highlight some of the, the key matchups in the Missouri Valley for us this final weekend of the regular season. Yeah, so the, the two big matchups really um, are NDSU going to Northern Iowa uh, and then UND hosting Illinois State, you know, I, I think if uh, Northern Iowa loses, you know, this game, especially after they lost to unranked uh, Missouri State last week, uh, I think Northern Iowa, if they lose this game, they're certainly out of the playoffs at 6-5. and five. Uh, Meanwhile, the Bison, if they win, they would be 8-3, and three, potentially in line for a playoff seed. Uh, I think if, if Northern Iowa wins, you know, the Panthers are certainly in the playoffs at 7-4. and four. They would have three ranked wins. I still think the Bison are going to make it in if they lose. They would be 7-4. and four. Uh, they had a head-to-head win, a dominant head-to-head win last week over Southern Illinois, who also could be seven and four and in the playoff mix. Um, and then in Grand Forks, UND is six and four, um, and Illinois State is also six and four. They've kind of flown under the radar because they don't really have any good wins. But if Illinois State goes to UND and gets a win, the Redbirds would be seven and four. Uh, they would knock UND out of the playoffs because UND would be six and five. I don't know if a 7-4 and four Illinois State team gets into the bracket because none of their wins are, are all too impressive besides the UND one. Um, but if UND wins this game, I think they're also in because they're 7-4. and four. Um, And so it would basically be, you know, Northern Iowa is in at 7-4, and four, head-to-head over 7-4 and four NDSU. But UND would also be 7-4, and four, a head-to-head win over uh, NDSU. And so 7-4 UND is in. And then I think the Bison are in because they're 7-4. and four. They have a head-to-head win over a 7-4 and four. Southern Illinois team. And then there's also a seven and four Youngstown state team hanging out there. And so essentially what I'm saying is there could be four, seven and four Missouri Valley football conference teams, all battling for uh, playoff spots uh, behind South Dakota state and South Dakota. Well, they're all from the same conference and they've all basically played each other. How do you like delineate between the, the seven and four teams? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough because um, they, there is a little bit of unbalanced scheduling in the Valley because there are, I think, 11 or 12 members. Um, but a lot of these teams have either a head-to-head over another team or then a head-to-head loss to uh, another team. Um, and so I think head-to-head weighs uh, a lot here. You know, like I said, UND and Northern Iowa in this scenario have a head-to-head over NDSU. The Bison have a head-to-head over Southern Illinois. Um, Youngstown State has a head-to-head over uh, Southern uh, Illinois, and so you know, in this mix, I think there's most likely going to be five teams from the Valley making it in, just because the bubble has gotten so packed. There's potentially there could be six teams that make it in. Um, you know, that sixth spot could be between Southern Illinois and Youngstown State. Southern Illinois probably has the better resume overall at seven and four, but Youngstown State would be seven and four, and they have a 31 to three head-to-head win over Southern Illinois, and so that could potentially favor. Uh, favor Youngstown State. But ultimately, I, I, I kind of am leaning toward Youngstown and Southern Illinois getting left out of the playoff bracket at 7-4. and four. If North Dakota State wins at Northern Iowa, a ranked win to end the year, and they're 8-3, and three, any chance that the Bison get a seed? I think there's potential, you know, especially with how things are, are kind of shaking out. Um, you know, they would be in contention with the seed, like some of those teams I mentioned, U Albany, um, you know, Sac State, Austin P. 
Um, you know, NDSU would be in contention with potentially those three other teams, assuming, um, you know, they all win uh, this weekend for that eighth seed. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's possible. You know, the Bison don't really have a great resume right now. Uh, they are 7-3. and three. You know, all three of those losses are to FCS teams. Um, they only have one ranked win. That was last week to Southern Illinois, but they won pretty handedly. And if they go to Northern Iowa, another ranked team on the road, and they beat Northern Iowa, you know, they're looking really good going into the playoff bracket. And so I, I think they'll be considered for a playoff seed. It's probably less than a 50% chance uh, that the Bison do get a seed. Um, you know, and they might even want to take their chances as an unseeded team and not be in the same corner of the bracket as the eight seed with number one South Dakota State. Um, but I think the Bison there, you know, if they do win, they'll at least be in conversation for a seed. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. You can find all his great work at Herosports.com. He's joining us here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MTF. If you don't see us in the studio, it's because we're not there. We are here in Anaconda, broadcasting to you from the JFK Bar here uh, in Anaconda. Come on down and uh, hang out with us if you'd like. Um, I'm not going to be having any beers yet, but you certainly can, and uh, maybe we'll even buy you one. So come on down, JFK Bar here in uh, Anaconda. Um, all right, let's talk about the Big Sky Conference then. Uh, just quickly, uh, Causeway Classic, 70th rendition of this rivalry. UC Davis has sort of quietly hung around just like they did last year. And now I, I think if they win, they're in. But, I mean, what a 7-4 UC Davis team. I mean, they got left out last year. That was sort of controversial. Uh, what are the prospects? Obviously, if the Aggies lose to Sac State, they're out. But if they win, what are the prospects of UC Davis getting in the playoffs? Yeah, that, that would be interesting because in, in the preseason and for a good chunk of, I would say, September, we're all kind of thinking, yeah, the big sky will get, we'll get five teams in. You know, what, who that fifth team is, you know, who, who really knows whether it's, you know, Weber, Eastern Washington for a little bit or UC Davis. Um, and then it kind of, after UC Davis lost to Northern Arizona, I, I think a few weeks ago it was, it kind of went to, okay, the, the big sky is looking at, you know, four teams. It's going to be the Montana schools, it's going to be Idaho, and it's going to be Sac State. You know, potentially all four could be seeds. It'll just be a four-bid league. But, yeah, now we're looking at, you know, potentially if UC Davis, since they've, they've won out since that Northern Arizona loss, if they beat Sac State, both Davis and Sac would be seven and four. Um, would both get in, potentially, uh, but the bubble is very, very packed. And I think there's potential that UC Davis could end up knocking Sac State out of, out of the playoffs. Um, but that could be a drastic move by the playoff committee because Sac State is, is currently ranked in the top 10, um, and UC Davis I don't think is, is really close to being ranked. And so um, I think there's potential both could get in. You know, I, I also think there's potential that the, the playoff committee might just lean on overall body of work. And even if UC Davis beats Sac State, you know, there is also a different scenario where the Hornets still get in and UC Davis, you know, gets left out. So there's a lot of different ways, you know, it can go and. Certainly, UC Davis can can create some some chaos if they get the the win there. Let's start calling you the Bubble Master. I, I'm so happy to have you here, man. You are so good at this, and I, it just makes my brain explode. I can't keep track of any of this stuff. So, uh, great <laughs> insight by you, Sam Herder, here on uh, Nuanas Now. Uh, okay, let's talk about then the, the rivalry. Obviously, Idaho. So, what do you think? I, I, before we get to the rivalry, what do you think Idaho's top seed they could get is then? I think they could get as high as a six seed. Um, it kind of depends on on what happens, you know, with, with the brawl. Uh, honestly, you know, I, I still do think the Vandals are going to be a seed. You know, it, they have to win this weekend, which is which is no gimme, you know, anymore with how they looked uh, last weekend. But it, let's say the Vandals beat Idaho State, they would be eight and three overall. Uh, only two FCS losses, three ranked wins, including beating Montana State. They have an FBS win in there as well, which always looks good. 
Um, and, and so I think they could get as high, you know, as a sixth seed. You know, let's just say Montana beats Montana State. You know, Montana, we can probably dive into this more, but Montana would likely be a two seed. That could bump Montana State all the way back to the seventh seed because they would have the same record uh, Montana State would at eight and three. Uh, but they would, you know, have the same record uh, as Idaho at eight and three, and Idaho would have that head to head. And so the Vandals could still get as high as the number six seed. It just kind of depends on what happens with with some of these other results on on you know what seed exactly they would get. Well, it's going to be fascinating, and I think much of what how the top four, top six, and top eight seeds are going to uh, how they fall into place are it's going to be predicated on what happens in Missoula at high noon on Saturday. So, uh, give us the scenarios for this. I mean, first of all, what, what do you think of just this matchup? I mean, it's pretty crazy that we were talking, uh, you know, the first month of the year, this Grizz team. Is you know are they even going to make the playoffs and and now are they are they might win the outright conference championship might get the two seed so uh, crazy uh, improvements by the Grizz and, and also Montana State you know they, they've on one hand sort of lived up to expectations but on the other hand like if they lose this game an eight and three season with the roster that they have I think you could argue is there's elements of disappointment to that but also you go beat the rival on the road and all, all of a sudden you know you're exactly where you want to be so I mean what do you just think of this matchup in general before we get into some of the seeding uh, ramifications yeah it's all about the and I know you talk about it too just the, the ebbs and flows of a football season where you go back to the end of September and yeah we were wondering with how Montana was looking are the Grizz going to make the playoffs meanwhile Montana State was you know a couple weeks removed from from nearly beating South Dakota State and it was you know, all right, it's, it's a South Dakota State versus Montana State collision course in Frisco, and, you know, maybe maybe the Bobcats can get them, you know, the next time around. Um, and now it seems like Montana is carrying, you know, a ton of momentum, potentially being the number two seed. Montana State, I think, has looked really, really good the last two weeks. Um, but, you know, the shine on Montana State is that clear top contender to South Dakota State that, that obviously kind of dimmed down a little bit after that uh, loss to, to the Vandals. And so it's just interesting uh, kind of the ebbs and flows of, of, of both of these teams heading into this matchup. But, I mean, I think I think it's going to be a close game. Um, mostly, <laughs> not mostly, but I joke. I'm not going to be there this year, but uh, I've been there the last three games, you know, and each of those three games have been pretty decisive wins. Uh, and so, you know, because I'm not going to be there, uh, it seems like this is going to be a, a really close game. But um, I think it will be relatively e- uh, evenly matched. Um, you know, you have a, a really good rushing attack with Montana State going up against a really good rushing defense uh, in Montana. Um, you know, I think the key to this game, honestly, might just be, it seems pretty simple, but who tackles better? Who's more fundamentally sound in their tackling? Uh, you know, who's more disciplined in their pursuits? Because, uh, I mean, if you take the wrong angle on Tommy Malott, boom, he's gone. Or if you're not, you know, wrapping up Clifton McDowell or, or, or Gilman at running back, you know, they can easily bounce off those tackles. And so that's what I'll be looking at is, is who is who's going to be tackling, you know, better. Um, and then whoever wins this game, you know, I think is, is in line for a top three seed, if not a top two playoff seed. What do you think is going to happen to the loser then? And, and are there different scenarios depending on which team loses? Yeah, I think, and this kind of ties in with, with what we were talking about with Idaho. You know, I think if Montana wins and Montana State loses, that probably bumps the Bobcats to the number seven seed. You know, they would be behind South Dakota State, Montana, Furman. You know, South Dakota is going to have a really good resume, so that's probably your top four. I think the winner of Villanova, Delaware, is going to be five or six. And then Montana State is still going to be seated behind uh, Idaho because of that head-to-head loss. Sure. So potentially Montana State drops to the number seven seed. 
you know, which could mean a quarterfinal rematch uh, against Montana. Would the, um, the, the committee want to I avoid that or not? I mean, does that play a factor or not? I've heard that a lot this week. Like, 2-7, that would mean a rematch in the quarters, uh, but that would also mean that one of those two teams wouldn't be at home for an extra game, so there's revenue ramifications there. Is that a, a, a scenario? So the, how the seeds are formed, that, that it's hard to it's hard for the committee to think like that uh, because essentially, to, to sum it up really quick, once the 24 teams are set as far as being in the field, they then each individually vote who they think should be the top eight seeds. You know, let's say 12 teams get enough votes to be seeds. You know, those 12 teams are put up, you know, on, on the big board, and then they each vote for those 12 teams, you know, one through eight. And then, you know, the voting total kind of spits out, okay, here's the first place votes, you know, who's here's, here's got the second place votes. And once that voting total is set, they can't switch things around. And so if the voting total says South Dakota State is, is one, North Dakota State is, is eight, Montana is two, Montana State is seven. They can't go, well, let's switch these around and so we don't have a quarterfinal game between two conference opponents. They can't do that. I think they should be able to do that just to balance things out a little bit more, but uh, the NCAA criteria says they can't move things around based off of potential future matchups in the bracket. Got it. Okay, so then... Um... So you think the Grizz are getting the two if they win, and one of the Gri- and the and the Cats could fall to seven if they lose. What's the high point for the Cats? Do you think they could get the two as well? Or could they get the three? Yeah, I think if Montana State uh, wins, to me they have a really good argument to be the uh, to be the number two seed. But you know, Furman is kind of hanging around there. They're ten and over to the FCS. They have three ranked wins. Uh, they would have the same number of ranked wins as Montana State. They would also have one more. Uh, one more uh, Division One win, you know, as Montana State ten versus ten versus nine. I still personally think the Bobcats uh, should be the number two seed, you know, if they do win. But there's potential they could drop to the three seed. Um, and for Montana, if if the Grizz lose, I don't think they would uh, drop as far back uh, as Montana State because Montana, unlike Montana State, has the head-to-head win over Idaho. And so, the Grizz lose, it'll be it'd be South Dakota State, Montana State, Furman, South Dakota. Winner of Delaware versus Villanova at five. And then I think Montana would be six, one spot ahead of Idaho, who would be number seven uh, because of that head-to-head win. And so, um, you know, essentially, I guess to sum it up, the winner here, in my opinion, should be the two seed. The loser, if it's Montana, they're probably the sixth seed. If it's Montana State, they're probably the seventh. Wow. Love it. All sorts of stuff on the line, but I think that uh, safe to say that the winner of this year's rivalry game between Montana and Montana State is absolutely going to be uh, one of the top seeds in the playoffs. I think both these teams are going to be seeds no matter what happens. He's Sam Herter. You can find all his great work at Herosports.com. He joins us each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. The Bubble Master, man. I love it. Thanks so much for being here. You got it, man. I appreciate you having me. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Thanks to Tommy Evans for steering the ship uh, on the back end. He's the man behind the glass today. If you don't see us in the studio, don't worry. We're not there. We're here in Anaconda. So if you're in and around the area, uh, come on down to the JFK bar. Got to say thanks to Anode Designs as well as uh, Debbie Donhauer-Hess, who is the owner of this JFK bar, as well as uh, one of the premier real estate agents in southwest Montana. If you want uh, any sort of help selling or buying a home, a ranch, land, or commercial property in the Phillipsburg, Georgetown, Lake, Anaconda, Drummond, and Deer Lodge area, give Becky and or give Debbie and her team a call. You can reach her at hess at blackfoot.net. Uh, if you haven't heard, it's big game on Saturday. 122nd rendition of the rivalry, Montana and Montana State. The Bobcats, number four in the country. The Grizz, number three in the country. The first time those two teams have been ranked in the top five simultaneously in the uh, more than century-long history of this rivalry. couple captains from Montana State sat down with us earlier this week. Sean Chambers, he's a transfer from Wyoming but has risen to captain status there at MSU, a standout quarterback there for the Bobcats. And then Nolan Askelson, he's the proud bearer of the number 41 jersey. That's the legacy jersey there uh, at Montana State. Askelson, of course, a billing senior product, a former Class AA Defensive Player of the Year. Here's some thoughts from the Montana State captains on the rivalry. First uh, road at Grizz, um, you know, any thoughts on just going to Missoula this time? Excited. Um, a lot of guys, you know, talk about the environment there and how hostile it is and i'm excited for it i'm ready to embrace the challenge so how much do you guys think um not only past experience in missoula for, for you guys but then uh south Dakota state idaho games like that how much do you think that's gonna help you guys in this one i think it's i mean it's helped us prepare for this you know um i think you know we've learned some things from those games i've uh, gone on the road into hostile environments and i think we're going to be better equipped to handle uh, this type of environment so Dylan, were you did you get on the field in 18 yeah, you did? Okay. So, um, and then 21, I know you were, you were hurt for that game, so I was just excited for you to be able to be back on the field for this one. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Um, it's been a long time. Really only got, you know, four or five snaps in last year before I had my entry, too. So, uh, it's been a while since I really got my shot at these guys. Obviously, as a Montana kid, this is all you really ever dream of. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I love playing over there. Um, yeah, I'm ready to go. For both of you guys, uh, what does, you know, the brawl of wild kind of mean to you? I'll go first, sir. Um, yeah, it means a lot, you know. Um, it means a lot to me because I know that we have 40-plus guys in our locker room that are from Montana, and my teammates mean a lot to me. So um, if that means a lot to them, it means a lot to me, and I want to go out there and give my best and lay it out on the line for my teammates, you know, because this game is, you know, everything to them growing up, and it's everything to them playing in. So um, it means a lot to me. Uh, yeah, man. It's like you said, this is this is it in Montana. This is all every little kid's dream playing in this game. Um, everybody, all eyes are going to be on this game. All eyes in Montana will be watching this. So it's everything, man. Go home. You know, I know a lot of guys on that team. Uh, you go home wherever you go in the state. You know, there's bragging rights to be had, and people are going to 
I'll catch you either way. So you make sure you want to make sure you end up on the right side of this one. How much are you guys thinking about, you know, this is a top five matchup. Your playoff seating can depend on it, you know, getting a better playoff seat. How much does that play into how much this game matters? Um, we don't need any extra motivation for this one. Yeah, I mean, not much, honestly. Um, we just got them on our schedule. It's this time of the year for that game, and we're just going to, you know, prepare our best and going to go play them. Uh, defensively, what uh, what stands out most about them, what's kind of the same, different than uh, or contrast to last year's defense? Yeah, I mean, they were, they're I mean, they fast. They run to the ball. They play hard. They play with great effort. Um, got some good players out there. Um, I think this year they kind of play a little bit more as a team, you know, um, a little more disciplined, which is good for them. Um, but, you know, they're, they're a good team. I think they lead the country or something and like rush defense or something. So um, they've obviously, obviously have had a really good year on defense. And um, I think that, you know, they kind of got it going on over there a little bit. So. And Dolan offensively, um, what stands out about them, uh, especially the, you know, their quarterback, Dolan? Yeah, I mean, you could tell as soon as he got the starting starting gig, they changed quite drastically. So, a lot of credit to him. Uh, he's a great player. Um, I mean, they've got great players across the board. Uh, great receivers, five and six, obviously, do a great job. Uh, great trio of running backs down there that they can hand the ball to. And uh, their own line plays hard, and they play together, man. They work well together, so we're going to have to be on top of our game. Nolan Askelson and Sean Chambers here on Nuanas Now. Here, that was from the press conference earlier this week, and then here's the portion of the conversation that I recorded with the two uh, Montana State captains. Of course, Chambers, a quarterback, Nolan Askelson, an inside linebacker. More of these guys, part of our Montana State Minute here on Nuanas Now. First of all, for Sean, I wanted to ask you just specifically about the Grizz rush defense. So often you're trying to identify players and fronts, but they are so all over the place. So, I mean, is there like a a guy you can key on or, or a formation or anything like that? Or how, how does that sort of work pre-snap? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As we go into the week here, we'll we'll find out more about what we can do and whatnot. Um, obviously, it's a little early on. But, um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be tells of what we can do and whatnot. And that's just kind of up to us to figure that out. So, You guys have had so much success running the ball against Montana in recent years. Uh, does that give you confidence going into this game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, – the guys in our room is what gives us confidence. I don't think, you know, we got to worry about what they do or whatnot. I think we have to worry about what we do. And um, I think if we do that to the best of our abilities, then that should give us the utmost confidence. I want to ask you both just about the coaching staff and the way that they prepare you guys every week and, and then just the way that that translates into this week. So either one of you guys can start. Um, yeah, I know. Defensively, man, they give us all the information we need. Um Backfield tells, formation tendencies, um, you know, different splits by wide receivers, how they line up, um, you know, depth or, or width of the tight ends even, maybe even waste uh, alignment lineup um, and what that could mean. So they give us everything we possibly need to be successful. Uh, they go through all the plays, you know, that they think could be problems with us and walk us through certain plays so that we're all on the same page. And um, credit to all the guys coming in and getting that extra work and, and coming in and meeting with coaches and allowing them to prepare them the right way. Um, the coaches do a great job of giving us everything we need, and I, was, I think a lot of the guys do a great job of taking it all in. First of all, for Sean, I wanted to ask you just specifically about the Grizz rush defense so often. You're trying to identify players and fronts, but they are so all over the place. So, I mean, is there like a, a guy you can key on or, or a formation or anything like that, or how, how does that sort of work pre-snap? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As we go into the week here, we'll we'll find out more about what we can do and whatnot. Um, obviously, it's a little early on, but um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be tells of what we can do and whatnot, and that's just kind of up to us to figure that out. So, you guys have had so much success running the ball against Montana in recent years. Is that give you confidence going into this game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, the guys in our room is what gives us confidence. I don't think you know we got to worry about what they do or whatnot. I think we have to worry about what we do and. Um, I think if we do that to the best of our abilities, then that should give us the utmost confidence. I want to ask you both just about the coaching staff and the way that they prepare you guys every week and and then just the way that that translates into this week. So either one of you guys can start. Um, yeah, I know. Defensively, man, they give us all the information we need. Um, backfield tells, formation tendencies, um, you know, different splits by wide receivers, how they line up. Um you know, depth or, or width of the tight ends even, maybe even waste uh, alignment lineup um, and what that could mean. So they give us everything we possibly need to be successful. Uh, they go through all the plays, you know, that they think could be problems with us and walk us through certain plays so that we're all on the same page. And um, credit to all the guys coming in and getting that extra work and, and coming in and meeting with coaches and allowing them to prepare them the right way. Um, the coaches do a great job of giving us everything we need. And I think a lot of the guys do a great job of taking it all in. Sean, just last year, the way that Coach Vegan prepared you guys for this rivalry game, how did, what do you remember about it? Yeah, I remember, I mean, every every day last week, or every day last year, uh, this week, we had a guest speaker, and um, just kind of leading up to the game, it seemed like it got more and more intense, and you can you really start to feel it. Um, and I think that kind of just prepared us um, to go in there and just kind of understand what this game means and um, know that you're playing for not just only your teammates, but for people before you and people that will come after you. Any of the guest speakers last year that particularly stuck with you guys or that resonated with you guys? Oh, I don't remember his name. Uh, he played running back. Oh, yeah, Logan Jones. Yeah, yeah man. Oh, yeah, yeah Logan he, Jones for sure. He still got that fiery, yeah. fiery about him that he had when he played here. He definitely got a lot of guys going, I think. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, well, Nolan, on that note, like as a Montana guy, I mean, Logan Jones had an awesome career. But the first thing that everybody thinks about is when Logan Jones rushed for, you know, 160 yards or whatever against the Grizz a couple of years ago. So, I mean, how much does that play into it? Or I guess how much does that mean to you just as a Montana guy that's been able to sort of add and solidify uh, your legacy and the legacy of kind of your group as Montanans in this game? Um, yeah, man, it means a lot, obviously. Um, I was actually watching the uh, Miracle Missoula documentary last, last night, and uh, I know Troy Anderson kind of talked about it. You know, there's a lot of great plays that happened throughout the season. Um, up until this point, you've had a lot of great plays. Um, but they kind of get lost along the way, you know. But the people in Montana remember every single freaking play in these Cat Grizz games, man. So to go out there and make plays in this game, and that's that's really how you leave a legacy. I mean, just thinking back to that game in, in 2018, all those guys are going to be remembered forever, um, all because of that one game and, and really that one play. So... Uh, yeah, it means a lot just to have the opportunity to be out there and hopefully leave a great legacy. There you go. Captains for both Vermont Tennessee on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So as now ESPN Radio, we are coming to you live from Anaconda, Montana, and we're going to talk some high school football state playoffs right after this. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio.
At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. If you're in and around the area, come hang out. We'll be down here for a couple more hours uh, on the radio until 6, and uh, probably hang out for a little while after that. So if you're in the area, swing by, say hi, but uh, you better get down here because... Dare I say, we're packing this place out. It's pretty good. Joined now by one of our great friends, great friend of the show, great friend of mine, contributing content guy at SkylineSportsMT.com, and also one of the guys that spearheaded the idea to come to Anaconda. Blake Hempstead joins us here uh, on Nuanas. Now, what's up, dude? Thanks very much for setting this up, man. This is awesome. You know, anytime uh, we can showcase my favorite place in the world and throw a little shade on our little brother 24 miles that way, <laughs> we love to do it. And we're talking high school football, Cat Grizz stuff, and, uh, yeah, it's just, this is fun stuff. Well, I, I got to show our guy, Andrew Houghton, Highway 1. He'd never been on Highway 1 before, so we drove Highway 1 from Missoula today. What a cool thing. Awesome to see him. You know, I mean, you, you get to the top there, and then Echo Lake is right there. I mean, he didn't even know the lake was coming. He's like, holy cow, there's a lake. Unbelievable. It's, uh, it's such a beautiful stretch of the country, and it was a great idea by you to, to bring us here, too, because there's quite a few people in this game on Saturday between Montana and Montana State that have ties to here, including a couple of the best players for the Montana Grizzlies. Well, 100%. So you have Anaconda's Braxton Hill, and you talk about the Montana One brothers, Jackson Lee. I graduated with his mom, Margie Smith. Uh, you know, there's there's some deep ties to this community in southwest Montana in this game, and we've said it since you and I became friends 10, 15, 20 years ago. The team usually with the most Montana kids usually has the edge going into the game. Montana has that this year, but you look at the small communities and what this game means to the fiber of the game. It's just, you can feel it, and when you get into the stadium, it's just, it's a fun, fun atmosphere, and it's a, t- it's a coin toss. I told you, I've I've screwed up this guess 10 years in a row on Kakris. <laughs> it's always fun and it's always hard to project. Since it is a Wednesday, it's always a wing it Wednesday on Wednesdays here on Nuanas Now. Usually, we're talking Grizz hockey where we're giving you some wings to the Despo. Grizz hockey on the road this week. Uh, they got out of town at the perfect time because it's state championship week and we have so much stuff to talk about at the high school level and the college level. But if you want wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, text us right now. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Any and all engagements on the text line between now and uh, the middle part of the second hour, that's going to enter you into win. And maybe we'll even pick a couple winners today. We'll see. But uh, if you want some wings to the Despo, text us right now, 406-888-1029. And then we'll uh, go through all the texts after the show, and we'll pick at least one or maybe a couple Lucky winners, thanks to the Desperado Sports Seven and Grill. If you need somewhere to watch the rivalry game on Saturday, head on down to the Despo. They're located there on Russell Street, and definitely the best wings in Missoula, one of the best sports bars to hang out anywhere in the Garden City. Blake Hempstead joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. Uh, let's talk about some of these high school state championships. That First of all, I thought it was fascinating. Class B, 
Florence gunning for their third straight state title. There's been 15 programs that have won three straight state titles or more, never at the Class B level. I thought, okay, what about Baker? Well, Baker lost the one when Shan Schillinger, I think, was either a sophomore or a junior. They won three out of four, and Shan went 49-1 during his time at Baker, but they didn't win three in a row. So it's unprecedented what Florence is about to do or what they're trying to do. They seem like a team of destiny, but they still got to get past a really tough Manhattan team. Manhattan has been rolling. Uh, they've won 10 straight. Their only loss of the year was to Missoula Loyola, 7-6, yep. to six, that one in Missoula. In overtime. In overtime. Loyola played like three overtime games. They went to overtime with the best and the worst yep. in the state. It was crazy. In the playoffs, Manhattan has been unconscious. 112-13, to 13, they've outscored their opponents. They are really peaking at the right time. They're fast. They're explosive in both the passing game and running game. I kind of caught up with them a little bit going on Dan Chestnut. Dan Chestnut, a fantastic sports reporter for Belgrade News. Go on and, and read his stuff. He does such good stuff for high school uh, reporting, yep. and, which the state has completely forgotten about. But totally. Manhattan, they have got a chore because they do. Florence, you and I both know that Florence is one of, if not the best coached team in all classifications. Pat That's Deschain right. has things rolling there. It, it's just so impressive. I mean, Coach Deschain and his staff, they deserve so much credit. I mean, the expansion of Missoula, like the, the boom in population has pushed a lot of people out towards the Lolo Florence way. So they've had better numbers. That's part of it. But when you have this group of guys that have so much talent like they did a couple years ago, I mean, you and I called that Anaconda-Florence game when Patrick Shane Jr. was only a junior, and he had like five college-bound skill players. One yeah. guy's going to the Air Force Academy. They got guys going to Carroll and Tech and Western. They were stacked. Then to have two D1 offensive linemen in the last couple years, and then to have a D1 quarterback, you lose all that, and you're still undefeated? You lose all that, and you're still beating people down? Uh, it's a testament to the program. It's a testament to the coaching staff. I want to talk about the Class A state championship game as well, because Columbia Falls is on a roll, and they, they've had a great program for a long time. Coach Schweiker does a great job up there, and uh, his son, Cody Schweiker, who's on his way to Montana, uh, one, of the, one of the top recruits in the state of Montana, he's been on a roll this whole playoffs, but they got themselves a beast in Dillon. Dillon's undefeated so far this year. I think this is a pivotal moment, though, for the Dillon football program because they had, in my mind, one of the great coaches in the history of high school sports in Montana with Terry Thomas, what he did in both football and boys basketball, second to none there uh, at Beaverhead County High School. Well, he passes the reins off to Rick Nordahl. They keep on rolling, and Nordahl had been on his staff for 25-plus years. I wonder what would happen with both those guys retired. Well, they got a young buck in Zach McCray, who was a great player there at Dillon years ago. Well, he's leading the way now. He's one of the great young coaches in the state. They're undefeated. So, I mean, this Class A game is going to be crazy, but I do think it's a pivotal moment for Dillon to show that, hey, Coach Thomas was great. Coach Nordahl's great. They live on through Zach McCray. You want to talk about coaching trees. Look oh, at the man. Terry Thomas coaching trees. Unbelievable. Uh, you got some kid in Hamilton that's done pretty <laughs> well Bryce for Hamilton. Done, all right. <laughs> Bryce has, has taken that tradition from his dad. His dad was the offensive coordinator. Yep. Terry Thomas for all yep. Steve Vesna, um, who sadly we lost to cancer a few years back. Yep. Um, man, Terry Thomas was the epitome of class personified. What I would always tell people, if you're not doing it like Terry Thomas, you're doing it wrong. That's right. That has been passed on to Zach, and now, I, I ran into him at Costco a couple weeks ago when I was over in Bozeman, 
And I said, yeah, you guys are having a pretty good season. Yeah, we're doing okay. Yeah, they're doing a little bit more than okay. <laughs> yeah, they're doing okay. And this game <laughs> itself is, is really a clash. And football is a little bit different than what these two teams mean to, and towns mean to one another with the Finberg legacy. Yep. With Kerry. And, and it, it, I think it's tough for both towns to really dislike one another because they have a deep respect for one another. But football's a different beast. And Columbia Falls is rolling. Dylan's undefeated. It's down in Dylan. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a, a really good game. And uh, Dylan beat them on September 8th, 22-19. to 19. So it's going to be a competitive game. It's going to be a great championship. Wing Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Keep those texts coming in. 406-888-1029. Any and all texts will get you entered into win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I'm Coulter Duanas. Blake Hempstead joining me here live from the JFK Bar in downtown Anaconda, Montana at State Championship Week. It's Rivalry Week. We are happy to be in one of the great sports towns uh, in the state of Montana. We're almost hour one in the books, but one last thing for you. We'll bring you back on in the second hour as well. Sammy, Kim, Andrew Houghton, Blake Hempstead all will be chiming in. Hour number two here of Duanas Now. How do we get a different solution so these high school state championship games aren't the same day as the rivalry game? Man, we got to figure a way to do out to do this, man. We need to have these high school guys get the spotlight and not get it stolen from them by the biggest game in the state. The best thing, the best solution I could come up with after collaboration, after talking with anybody, yes, there's going to be hiccups. Have it the Friday in the alternate site of the Cat Grizz. Cat Grizz is in Missoula. Have the high school stuff on the Friday before showcase the athletes. Now, the takeaway from that, what a lot of these small towns say, you're taking away a championship game from our kids that they earned. So I get that. But that goes away. When I was in the military, we used to go to the Tacoma Dome and watch 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, back to back to back to back. And sit there and watch it all day long. It was great. Great. They they sell like 30,000 tickets to that thing, man. It's so fun. Even if you you have it, say, in Great Falls or, say, in Butte and just have it in an alternate site, you're going to showcase your players and not bump them up. Well, put it this way. Cat Grizz, you're going to have a faction probably of 5,000 tech people that are going to tech Dickinson. Yes, right, totally. So you're missing out on that part of the state, yep. and that's going to happen. You're going to have stuff bump sure. in. But do what you can to showcase your high school athletes on I a agree. different day and then make the state championship what it is, Montana, Montana State, Saturday, national holiday, state holiday, do whatever you got to do. Yeah, I love it. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Samuel Kemp, Andrew Houghton, Blake Kempstead, and me, Coulter Duanez, live from Anaconda. Keep it right here. CSPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.